Welcome, welcome, welcome to my lovely IHP community. Today we have a guest with us. It's a lovely purring kitty. I have no plans of moving him, so if you hear purr, 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 you know we're in good company. Okay, for my 5D mystics and securely attached functional adults, we have some fun. I have started this twice. This is a third time. Let's see, three's a charm. Okay, so I was sharing about how when you are a securely attached person, it means you have a three-year-old whole heart. If you came out of uncovering your own childhood trauma and attachment wounds, that's great because now you take ownership and you have a relationship with your emotional body. If, on the other hand, you did not, and there's not a person tuning in who has an in-depth relationship with their emotional body, then you get to hear about what it's like to have an in-depth relationship with your emotional body. And the people who are childhood trauma survivors that are healed, they are not disconnected from their emotional body. They have moved beyond the terror and the anger and the great, great sadness and the grief and the forgiving and the taking ownership of their own shit and stuff that they brought. Codependent type people try to change people. Uh, they are changers or fixers and then they do this with low self-esteem passive aggressive stuff indirect communication they don't keep their word in fact they manipulate some of them have very very unfortunately um, tactics they do vengeful things spiteful um, gossip what else envy jealousy a lot of insecure so insecure people are insecure for a reason that's why they're not devils or evils or demons they're just insecure unfortunately attachment wounds and unresolved trauma again if they don't face the terror it's because they choose to never reconnect to their own bodies emotions and that's because the terror is the first stop so like while for me the actual just pure fear is the uncomfortable emotion that i get to deal with every now and then they actually have terror for even trying to get anywhere near their their actual body like i'm serious this is sad so as long as they drink and fuck and do drugs and procrastinate and find ways and people who talk to them about silverbacks and to ignore their emotions and not to actually know something different, which is that their emotional body is disconnected and that they can reconnect it. But again, terror is the first stop. And here, Joseph Campbell, the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. As Peter Levine points out, um, when people actually are able to visit with themselves finally, it's kind of like a dog biting your hand and you're going to have to put that hand all the way in the mouth of the dog. Oh, and Peter Levine is somatic experiencing founder and creator and he's awesome. So I'm going to leave that over, over there for anybody who wants to look him up. Um, so yeah, he says, if you put your hand in, then you're going to get to feel the feeling and the sensations and you're going to then potentially have flashbacks, things come up. And at the end of the day, though, that's the first step to acknowledging and becoming aware of your window of tolerance to emotions. Obviously, a good therapist is going to inform a person, tell them to take it step by step and ensure they're patient does not dissociate 
meaning we want a person to stay present if they're going to grow up it means they stay within their window of tolerance and then they will learn to titrate i believe is the word but we have and i say we because i do personal development so although i'm not a therapist i'm trauma-informed somatic-informed and i'm somatic experiencing informed i know about attachment and trauma i am attachment informed interpersonal neurobiology mind informed i'm continuing to get more informed there's the disorganized that i'm about to start soon i'm looking to finish up my life coach and mindfulness or meditation coaching from natura institute in australia so there's a bunch of lists i'm a reiki master practitioner the mysticism is beautiful so akashic record readings tarot card readings oracle cards but the part that i love the most is the educators and the trauma-informed because that's why i can do what i'm doing to the depths of being able to know that you can be yourself but your three-year-old is your first stop so with people like patrick tiahan it makes it straightforward to know there are completely healed people who know how to be compassionate with their three-year-old and they're not only parenting themselves anymore they had to reparent and that's the part of learning how to be angry and then sad and then make peace with the fact that you were not given a childhood and then to seek out securely attached people to grow your relationships with so you can have fun for securely attached people when we meet the people who don't do the work so they hurt people and that's about it we know that it's not evil or a devil even when i was a kid i kind of knew it now that i'm a grown-up i know it for a fact thank you mental health community and that's because of helping me to know exactly how our brain structure is made physically so i have proof and i also know that god is not an entity that is going to be in any way shape or form supernaturally pulling strings it's the infinite sphere of consciousness and we're all a part of it but for those who stick to the ancient times they have a different timeline that's all and again i i'm not in that i'm i'm in 2023 scientific methodology they all look into consciousness and neuroscience would be one physics another biologists and they don't create stories they actually have really great ways they talk about it i do love the stories of the mysticism but not really that much um i like more learning how to tell you about being a 5d mystic so let's get into this one the emotional body and when you have a person who chooses to not engage in connecting with it so we have a couple of variables the ones who actually make it their mission to try and quote unquote break you they do exist it's very sad and it's sad because if you're a person who's a zen master you're going to figure it out and you're not going to be very happy because you know let me reorganize how i want to share the data point adaptive children are people who choose not to connect to their emotions and to pretend that they are smart they have a way that they bullshit themselves because they don't actually try to get to the healthy self-worth which is i'm an imperfect flawed human being i'm not superior or inferior and i'm gonna be able to feel this in my body if it's true if on the other hand i don't feel emotionally at ease meaning when i'm all alone 
without any meaning to life, not even one, meaningless, zero, unknown. So if you cannot sit in your unknown, and in the unknown of life, you're not yet emotionally mature the way I'm trying to support people to move towards, because otherwise you can't be yourself. Yourself is your piece of purusha prakriti, and that means a securely attached in your own human being body person, with or without yoga, with or without belief systems. It's a process. It's called starting to get to know if you have had emotional disconnect with your three-year-old, your window of tolerance. I, I spelled it out the best I could. If, on the other hand, you have a whole heart like mine, mine was never disconnected, my lovely emotions all here, then there's a window of welcome. Okay, so when we meet people and we're growing up, the ones of us who have three-year-old whole hearts, we don't have a breaking heart. We have emotions. They're the depths of the depths of the depths of, yes, but we're not like, oh my God, I can't be in my emotions. No, we're like, wow, here's my roller coaster. And so we can actually navigate. I was a, till I forget how old, that I could navigate the, the waves very easily, might I add, not by shaming, blaming, faulting, or revenging. I didn't say, you caused me to feel the depths of the ocean. No, I'm feeling it. It's very clear where the depths of the ocean is felt. I would be a person who's not objective if I didn't know that it was arising from my own human being body. I know I'm objectively having a subjective experience because I have a relationship with my emotional body it's so straightforward, it's not even funny. My prefrontal cortex is engaged. Lo and behold, here's a third eye that works. I have emotions. Wow, and they're pushing me left and right. Hey, Tara Brock, thanks for the limbic system thing, but some of us, we know how to say, oh, I'm, I'm on a wave, and we see those without even surfing. We're surfing. Okay, so when people actually go out of their way to hurt another human being, usually they will be competing with them. And unfortunately, when somebody's competing with another person, it means they have low self-esteem. Because see, if you feel inferior or superior, you're going to be in a state of passive-aggressive, indirect communication. You're not going to know healthy boundaries. You're not going to tell the truth. You're not going to tell a lie either. You're going to think you know everything because your brain, like any other human being's brain, has a default mode network. And it scans other people, like mine does. Mine, though, doesn't scan. It's down-regulated. Because enlightenment soul age people, we are good to be ourselves. We don't give a shit if you like us or not. You're going to tell me, and if you don't, then I won't find out, will I? So mm, I didn't find out. You didn't tell me. You didn't have the guts to tell me you didn't like me. I'm not going to do anything about it. Here's where the people who, on the other hand, make it their mission to try to take care of each other. Here's our codependent people, the ones who have a drive bonding. They go out and filter every single thing they do. They go out and make it their mission to feel that sense of weight on their shoulder. Oh my gosh, we need to tend. So they're taking care of mommy and daddy as their three-year-old seeks to bond and have certainty with the external, and that's their attachment system and their social system. And in both cases, those two networks are being led by their own looking outside to get the thumbs up for their emotional body. The emotional body is still in their heart, is their brain. So they could be like, wow, wait a minute, I am feeling a level of pressure inside of me that is equal to shame or guilt or self. What is this? I don't have the ability to tend to another person's emotional body and make sure I filter every single one of those words that comes out of my mouth so that I can make sure that you are 
always uh, not going to have some doubt of yourself. What, what is this? How old are you? Oh, oh, you know, I don't think I'm going to consider the whole you put things in my ear bit because if you don't have the ability to actually make your own mental and emotional observations, I'm not going to be able to see you become independent. So I'm going to have a very direct conversation and say, look, if you can't handle people speaking about different things, that's okay. We don't speak anymore, though. You, though, should know this is called a very, very heightened situation with your emotions and doubt, which is normal because, you know, existence is full of fear. So here, I'm going to use me, my biggest emotion that I still have complete uncomfortableness with is fear. To this day, my lovely loved ones are very convinced in their own ways that lifestyle has something to do with panic attacks. To this day, I find it a nuisance when I am being presented with consistent data points that have nothing to do with me. And by the way, that has everything to do with people butting their heads in areas that are not of their concern. So the part that people care, though, is why we learn how to be adults with each other. Because the part of where I butt into other people's business also happens. We all do it. To get to the level of heightened sensitivity to where people take care of each other, that's for the people who are codependent types. Those of us who are securely attached, we're not here to parent you. You're not here to parent us. I'm not here to say, don't tell me something necessarily. You're not here. Like We can grow up and do fuck you, fuck you, piece of shit, piece of shit, and there you go. No true connection will ever be severed because of a person telling somebody how they feel or how they think. What is going to happen with grown-ups is conversation. If I can't be myself, then I'm not going to have anything to engage with you. And that's all. And I thank you for your time. And I thank you for sharing with me your extreme vulnerability and your filters and whatever it is you would want. So the difference between a person who knows how to speak words versus one who's actually hiding behind everything and does thing with a level of I'm going to get under your skin because see... People will equate being able to say no with a ventral vagal tone to those who are selfish and self-centered and a lot of other words. But there's a huge difference, not in the word. You can use whatever words you want. The difference is the level of respect and or simply put, I have a way that I'll back up what I choose to say and how I choose to handle it. I take accountability. That's what it's called to be grown up. And I will apologize and I will understand your level of sensitivity and I will be out of the room. I will not feel shame though about being myself. I will not feel guilty. I will not feel that I've done anything remotely wrong because my social system does not depend on my peers. It's my emotional body and it's in fact inside the human being here called Maria with a three-year-old whole heart. I'm trying to spell it out because see, when you have a sad guru saying spirituality process, don't do social good behavior, people wear mantles. They don't know what the fuck he's talking about. I do. It's called a person being an equanimous, securely attached adult with an integrated brain and a restorative embodied self. 
no trauma so when i'm engaging with you not my midline on no no my prefrontal cortex i learned even without yoga or spirituality for that matter because i only learned of Sadhguru as an adult how to use my brain all on my own by choosing to say i'm not going to close my heart because teenagers don't know how to be adults or children don't know how to know why would i not be emotional i'm an emotional being this is called being a human being okay so the level of depths of your experience depend on how much intimacy you have with your human being emotional body because it's connected to your nervous system the whole biochemistry is your nervous system so you can learn about these topics if you're curious in a lot of different ways and back to our conversation though because i had some cute examples of how i wanted to share this stuff with you people who can use a good therapist are all the ones who act like assholes to each other in a real way the ones who are envious jealous spiteful they compete they get into a self-righteous mode. They, they're in this whole, ah, every time they see a compassionate person, they want to throw up or they want to get pissed. Essentially, if fury comes from your nostrils because you see lovey-dovey, you have a red flag, pure and simple. It's called, you have some issue, go take care of it, figure it out in Dharma land if you want to actually move into enlightenment. Very straightforward. 4D they're busy being anointed and focused on themselves as the saviors of each other so they're martyrs and superiors they have low self-esteem too which is why they're going to change the world with their superhero capes some of us we don't change the world we support to expand where the world's already going it's called infinite higher human consciousness potential experiences and it's called evolution thank you so much education and that's a real deal not the ones who stay in the ancients no, no, the scientific methodology, educators, the ones who empower you. Now, to expand consciousness, the reason yoga works is because it is putting your ventral vagal nervous system into place. The philosophy obviously supports as well, but that's a secondary part because if you don't know how to be the Zen master of you and then to always be forgiving towards others, you haven't reached your Zen mastery yet level yet so you can sit and do yoga for eight hours a day you're just putting into practice being good in your body that's about it and working with your brain maybe depends if you're imagining flowers all day long you're not really doing much are you i mean that's the part so i prefer as patrick tiahan points out people who have childhood trauma they need to work with a good or at least know of good childhood trauma therapists they need to know of codependent relationships because they're going to be inclined to be in them all the time take care of each other blame each other point at each other revenge each other 4d has a really good time with that they call them energy vampires dark auras they tell you that you're going to finish soul contracts karmic contracts that you got a twin flame and twin flames and then you have false twin flames and then you got a okay so all of the oversoul stuff is true but not the way the 4d spells it out to you if you want to live a 5d mystic life of course okay on that note when a person chooses to disregard that they're twisting their nose at being their self is because they don't know how to be compassionate with their treat three-year-old and that that means an attachment wound and or a traumatic and or more memory they're ignoring it but that's because their body immediately is like yuck and instead of saying wait a minute yuck is not how i should be responding to being myself that's that's a contradiction why would i be yucky with myself i i'm me 
Why am I a self-saboteur? Oh, wait, I'm not a self-saboteur. Why am I towards myself being disgusted? This is a very straightforward, intelligent way to wander. But no, they use mm, emotions are stupid. People are stupid. Ah, those people piss me off. You know what? The devil and evil win all the time. You know, those people over there, they think they're angels. I bet you they're demons. There's all these teenage asshole-ish behaviors. So I saw it very clearly, but I was immature in my scientific methodology education. And so I just said, you know, they're choosing with their free will to not be in a state of love. I, I choose love. Love wins. Always. That's what we are. In fact, there's your ventral vagal nervous system. But knowing that love wins always, I was a 13-year-old. And when I got to become older and I was put into situation that actually got me to experience again the looking at love and if it wins always, I have to say, how can I break this one down? So 13 was the age where I was like, oh, my heart, you know, it's a muscle, it's here. And then it was whenever that specific couple of situations took place and as I expanded and, and looked at it, I was like, wait a minute, love, it's, it's still here, it's in my body, again, the same equation, it's not anywhere outside of me, so it's not another person or a people or a situation that can cancel love from my own physical human being body, it's a bullshit statement in and of itself, when you learn about the attachment system, and it longing to be seen so that you can feel soothed and then secure and safe. You learn, wow, that longing feeling is my mammalian heritage. So I have words that I can apply to situations that I've experienced, which were in fact not human suffering because they were being evaluated in the very way I presented my heart. It's a muscle. I can feel it. Of course, it has feelings, emotions. I'm a human. Yes, breaking hearts are sad things they're not deadly if i have air i breathe if i have water i drink those are the first two things that i need and if i'm lucky enough and have food well i would say that my basic necessities are met and and as a 5d mystic wow i got a fucking amazing oversoul and i got clairs and even if i didn't have any of that i have my loved ones, and I have work that I love. I've picked my job. I've picked my 24 hours. I got everything going for me. I got an amazing gift. It's called I'm Alive and Breathing, and that's about it, because if I die tomorrow, I know today I live life fully from the depths of Maria's body. I don't need to believe in someone or something or have anything outside, because I have the minute... I give meaning to everything. When I've described this to people, there are those who will have said that idea is deeply, deeply something that um, I'm going to use. What's the word that I'm looking for? The word that I'm looking for is the word longing. And so I've met three or four people throughout the years that I can say they gave me a way that they talked about this very aspect feeling quite empty but it wasn't empty it was scary 
and like wow that feels like if i woke up like this i would feel tortured inside like a dark dark cave that is very so they they had not the ability to sit in this space and feel at ease okay and, and i'm describing this on purpose because this is the very spot of where you will know that a person does not have a relationship with their nervous system the ventral vagal they don't have the relationship with their attachment system, the longing. They don't identify this emotion that is described by them as their own human mammalian predisposition, one. If they did, that's a one data point. I've shared this with a person who picks up on their longing, but they are a 4D mystic, and they are a person who wants somebody else to self-regulate them. So they don't want to become securely attached and therefore emotionally independent in their nervous system because they, when they're presented with the data, say, but it's my mammalian heritage to want to be and to long to be and to feel this very depth of I'm at a loss and I don't like it and the depth of despair, I guess. I don't know it. That's what I'm saying. I'm describing because I don't, I don't know how to feel that way when it comes to the unknown. And the unknown is what the truth is. Meaningless and meaningful, they can mean the same thing because it's bullshit, all of it. Meaning you wake up in the morning, that's it. Like I don't and have never understood how people don't understand it. Now I'm a grown up. I could understand this as a teenager and now i'm like what the fuck uh okay enlightenment my entire life pretty much okay cool i guess <laughs> i don't know what to say you know because you got all these people with their mantles flaunting around and they seriously don't know anything about the depths of emotions because they think enlightenment means you're emotionless so i described what i described to sh 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 support people and share with people who actually will understand this because it's your own human fucking being body this is not it is not genius sciences now that the people who looked at me i was able to understand the longing because of the trauma therapists that have explained to me what this longing is the community i'm building is to inspire your own higher human potential i don't do half things plus you can't be yourself if you don't understand these concepts at the very least emotionally speaking again it's not you don't need to believe in and you believe in whatever you want i'm trying to break down something your physical human being body will know and you as a brain who's hearing this independently from your opinions will hear it's not rocket science is what i wanted to say and as a kid i had a lot more belief behind the feeling though has never changed so it's actually something much more interesting as a grown-up to describe to you what i just did and then to also say the aspect of maturity versus the aspect of when you have something that gives you a push okay so first 4d when they talk about people and their higher self and the whole thing with relationships and perfect timing and surrendering, it's, it's all, I'm going to equate, as Patrick Tiahan points out, parents, they did their best, but that's still not good enough. They could have done work on their unresolved trauma. 
hurt people who hurt people. Bullshit sentence. They can go and get the work. There's plenty of online information. And so with all of his neutrality and his grown-up tone, he's like, this is what the deal is. You can take accountability for what you're fucking doing. I'm on board with Patrick Tiahan. And as a mystic, yeah, fuck that shit. You know, perfect. What are you talking about? Perfect timing. It is some lame excuse for you to use while in the meantime, what you're dealing with is called relationships. And if people don't know how to be functional adults, they don't know how to do relationships because they're still doing their unfinished business. It's called their unresolved shit from home. That's what it is. And if they even bother with their other lifetimes, I've given Akashic Record readings. You know how many people resisted the minute they were told where they were headed? You know, the fascinating part about being a mystic is that they are being given an opportunity to up-level their actual energetic experience. And it is because they're being given this moment of their life to break free from a specific way that they hold on to something it it is uh very minute and in fact it, it is not about them having to change what they want it is the charge behind it so a teenager will be like ah oh, fuck all these people i hate you all that's the 14 15 16 people who grew up we don't feel that way we have our higher self so our higher self doesn't do the little pissed off teenager Now, people who have a three-year-old with a broken heart, they have a teenager who says, I don't believe in shit, all of that gooeyness, yeah, whatever, fuck that. And then they're the same ones who are going to jump head over heels, do very risky and stupid shit, think that's badass, and they will continue to think that that's badass, which is not, unless they grow up. If they grow up, they will realize that was not badass. None of these things were badass. These were all actually incomplete and unfinished whatever, da, 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 da. and okay, wait a minute, badass is actually me being able to have ease in my body, have ease with relate, so getting out of the hypervigilance, getting out of the, I'm going to re-traumatize myself bit that childhood trauma survivors end up doing in their codependent relationships and just in their awful unfinished business relationships. 4D, they talk about things in different ways and there's going to be planes for reasons this is not of any in fact importance but the part about the people who don't and didn't pick love and and are just what's the word i'm looking for right now because we've had a recent shift so some people in this recent half of the year, the year is closing up, they will have enlightened. So they will have awakened to their ability, ability to be their three-year-old whole heart. If they have grown the ability, then they have also grown balls, like true ones, which means they have emotional depth and they know how to take accountability for everything and they're not sitting whining in the corner. And that also means they're not sitting around dissing the compassion-based therapists or basically dissing flat earthers it means they're standing up and sitting down and being like wow we got a fucking amazing shit show going on how amazing is it it's not a shit show we want to see leaders people that are up in those seats saving the environment saving the water doing uh, doing what they they're already doing in the first place so everything has a process um 
the people who have enlightened are not spending time in conspiracy land. The people who are 5D are not spending time talking about their oversoul and uh, losing people along the way. The people who are 5D are not saying your human nature blocks you from you spiritually awakening. And they're not saying it's only one thing to get to the enlightenment soul age group. No. 5D and today, anybody who's enlightened knows, wow, we got a lot of subject matters going on and the world is in a moment of transformation. So um, they don't go around, who's they? The securely attached 5D mystic does not go around thinking that their oversoul needs to do anything. You get choice points every time you and I interact. That's it. So if we're not interacting, we're not obviously in our lives for reasons, that's it. There is no question about, oh, the energy sphere, not the, we're not spending our imagination time. When we perceive people in our energy sphere, it's energy. Of course, we'll pick it up. Unlike 4D that spends religiously so much amount of time in this sphere with their friends. I'm not saying I entertain myself and do a lot of different types of learning and it involves also <clears throat> my 4d mystics but when i'm not learning and or doing entertainment i'm busy with my work and i'm busy with the loved ones who want to have a life with me the ones who actively pursue talking to me not the ones who want to be in my energy sphere with their little higher self there's a little higher self you have a true higher self, you ain't doing shit in your imagination land because you're busy actively doing shit in the human being world, just saying. So the magic land is beautiful when we have grown-ups to actually have fun with. And on that note, it means we do a little bit of this and that. So yeah, we talk about mysticism, then we talk about other stuff. Um... The part about consistent communication. You can't grow a relationship in silence. Inaction means inaction. People who don't know the depths of them, they don't actually know what action even means. Because inconsistency is not action. It's misalignment. So until they figure out how to head in a straight line, they ain't doing shit for a 5D mystic. It's something that you'll just notice. They don't get anywhere. Because ziggy zaggy, ziggy zaggy, don't do shit. You ziggy zaggy, you're changing your mind. You just don't, you don't have it together. It's, it's again, I, I, I'm going to disengage from that. Because the past brings itself with a person that is ignoring their three-year-old. If you ignore your implicit memory and you're ignoring your emotional body and you're ignoring that suffering comes from your physicality, you're ignoring you. And it's straightforward. There's plenty of good mental health professionals and even before trauma and somatics became quite popular and all the yoga stuff and all the mindfulness, there still were therapists for people who wanted to get it together. The story of devils and demons and monsters and, and energy vampires or just stories are a lame excuse for all people. And I say lame. What I should say is they're terrified like shit because that's what actually is happening to the body of a person who has childhood trauma and or trauma to the extent of transgenerational and or brain structure that is going rigid. Their body is not a safe space. It's not funny and it's actually quite sad. So yeah, the devil is a lame excuse. You know why? Because if in any way, shape or form this thing 
which not even because the devil is a fallen angel one so i don't remember the full story but he was an angel and he was fallen so for all i know i'm like you guys shook hands so that we could make free will choices pretty much straightforward bit but putting that to the side and talking about evil and temptation and all of the other ways people bring up this stuff here's what a person will know that evil would be if it existed, which is where some people say, ah, that's dangerous, Maria. And the same people who say that, they believe in evil because they don't understand the human baby brain structure and how it develops in a household and how the last three months of the trimester of the mother matters, how if the mother has transgenerational trauma, the child will also have that. They don't understand, apparently, the scientific methodology that explains there's no demon in the body of a person that has had enough nightmares to then send them into a position where there has to be that exorcism that goes on. Thank you, Patrick McNamara. So they don't know the scientific methodology. No, no, they might not know or know. They don't believe it. When I hear a scientific person in neuroscience explain to me the fear receptor and how your brain works, I'm going to believe him or her, or they, not the ancients, who want to tell me a story. Furthermore, as a mystic, FYI, who does come with being raised with God and Jesus, yep, I'm going to pretty much say there is none of this evil crap. There is, however, free will. And then again, I can't wait for those books that say about not having free will, because I will be making a lovely supportive case on how we don't need free will and that's because scientifically they talk about how our bodies and our brains and so here's where if we really need to go down the path of why people do what they do there's somewhere called scientific methodology mind brain neuroscience biologist that can explain it and it is not a demon and it is not a devil it is not a parasite it is not any of those figures of speech that people use or subjective matter people who believe in these things don't know brain is a gray matter or whatever matter it is they can they can open you up they can see you they can they can use mathematics that's data no story data you're a human baby that grows up and the lame excuse it's a lame one because what i have noticed as a teenager was simply you don't know how to take your own responsibility when you made a promise and you didn't keep it that's what I saw as teenagers, and that's what I see when adults are not securely attached. They don't know how to say, yeah, you know what? I got an ego. I got a self. I made a mistake. I'm sorry, for example. And then to stay on a straight path, and they use the movies, and they use the stereotypes, and they use all of the I see people that I've known my entire life cop out of living the best life they could because of stereotypes. Do you know what studies show about stereotypes? The reason why some people heal from PTSD versus others. Stereotype people don't heal because they sit and ruminate and they use those numbers to justify, oh, let's remember Russell Colt's anger. Anger has certainty to it. When you're ruminating in a biochemistry of fear, because that's what it is when you're being swapped left to right with your brain, but then you're spitting vengeance from your mouth while you're being angry. Imagine the 4D with mystics. They're not fun to watch. When I've seen them, I'm like, okay, I know I've done similar stuff where I'm like, ah, how dare you, you know, but I did not do it this way, meaning like, wow, what the fuck are you doing here? Like, And some people say it's the same because on the external, that is the point when you're 
a person who understands the outside is the same because it's your nervous system that is on the inside. So I can tell you on my inside, this is how Maria feels, but you're not ever going to see it. You're not ever going to feel it unless you're an objective person and you're open and you're also observant. And in time, you get to know me and you get to see my pattern in action. And that's what I love most about my divine masculine friend as we got to learn each other and have misaligned moments because there were things that he shared at a certain point where I was aware that I could come across as somebody who didn't give a shit, but I wasn't aware to what extent and how. And he helped me to see that my hunch was right about how people can, I think the word is misconstrue or misunderstand my confidence for something that is assholishness. I was a kid when I realized this, but I was like, I'm not going to become less confident because you all don't know how to become emotionally confident. It's not my job to make you feel better about yourself. If you can't learn how to be yourself, not my shit. So the being yourself from the body, healthy self-worth. Thank you, Terry Real. Not superior, not inferior. I'm a person. I don't need to cower down in shame because you don't like me. I'm not your peer or I'm your peer, but I ain't your peer in that way. You can go feel ashamed about yourself. I'm not. I didn't do anything. And even if I did, you know what? You ain't the law. And so you matter nothing. You ain't my parent. You ain't no one in my life unless we're somebody in each other's lives. So the part about how you handle yourself and what I love most about Patrick Tiahan is how he talks about how insecure human beings that are not healed, they project. They weaponize psych education. Oh, do they weaponize? You should go meet some of those codependent type people. Oh, yeah, the martyrs, the superiors. Yeah, yeah, watch the please appeasers. They're the ones who come out of the bag at the last minute. And they're, the, they're in fact, my biggest pet peeve, the please appeasers. Then I remind myself, be compassionate, Maria. They're the ones who have it even more fucked up than the collapse, submit, or attach, cry for help. They don't even know what they are. So when a person don't know where they're going, we're not going to be like, let me tell you, because we're going to be like, what the fuck are you doing? You don't mean anything right now because you make no sense. <laughs> one day it's yes, one day it's no. And that, there's that song, you say yes and I say no, but that's a fun one. And so it's different when you're partners and you're, you know, scooching along and having fun. <laughs> it's another thing when they actually are being reactive with this. I don't know what I'm doing. And then they're projecting their upset because you didn't pick whatever side that they're on or something like that so people who don't know subjective life are people who are not grown-ups and they have groups and the groups don't really matter to a 5d mystic because we care about the things that matter so leaders matter and the leaders of the group matter not the little people the little people they're following somebody you can always tell who they're following you can tell who has a silverback and who the silverback is they're all going to be lined up because the minute you say you know everything means everything and nothing means nothing you know i don't believe in anything there's this and that like Sadhguru says, but I'm not Sadhguru. I'm just a regular day-to-day person. Woo-woo lady here. Go tell a 4D mystic. Oh, yeah, Here, I've shared with 4D mystics, your twin flame does not control your mind. I know what you're talking about. I got twin flames. When it comes to beliefs, this and that, 
This is the Mahasamadhi Samadhi. When it comes to twin flames, this and that. Independently being able to evaluate subject matters. The securely attached person uses their integrated brain. A person who is a 5D mystic is still a securely attached person. So we're able to differentiate between storytelling, data telling, and the part about having our own subjective experiences. It's very straightforward, which is why we just learn how to share about life with each other. And it's fun because the people who are grown-ups know how to be vulnerable together. I wanted to share one of those uh, stories. So when you have your emotional body reconnected and you're on a journey with people and you can present if you have any patterns from trauma from attachment you will say and share that with people and that's where there's no shame in it ever there's always conversations so people don't do cancel the only cancel culture are the 4d mystics or 4d 3d so anyone who stays in their harsh unforgiving adaptive child they don't have a way of knowing healthy self-worth so their differentiated self is not differentiated yet. They have a group. They're in their group. Whatever it is, it doesn't really make a difference. You'll know their mannerisms. It doesn't make a difference, but it doesn't make a difference in the sense of that you would apply yourself. <clears throat> so if anybody's ever watched my cousin Vinny, the part of where he's asking the lawyer, my cousin Vinny, Vinny is asking to a southerner, I believe from Georgia, about grits. And because the person didn't really see the robbers, and that's where most of these individuals who are testifying didn't see the robbers, but they had built a case against the two boys, this specific um, witness was cooking grits. Now, my cousin Vinny hadn't known about what grits were because he's from Manhattan, he's not from the South, and so when he first tasted them, he asks about these grits and how they're made and he got the whole explanation. So while he's interviewing this witness, he asks, what were you doing when you saw the robbers come in and then out? Because you said they came in and then you turned around and they were out. So basically, what were you doing that, you know, you took a second or so to look to the back, to the past of you, to the back of you. And he says, I was cooking my grits. And so he says, wait a minute, come again. You're cooking your grits. Were those instant grits, he says? He's like, or no, I think he says, so it was take, it took you 15 to 20 minutes to cook your grits before you turned around. And he's like, I don't know. So the, the man began to not know how to answer effectively because he was lost. Because he had just said, I turned, I was cooking grits, I turned around and I saw them leaving. And my cousin Vinny was trying to say, you're mistaking the identity. There were other two people that came in and you're all thinking it's these two people, but you are not telling the truth because those two people were innocent. So he's also not familiar with the Southern law and the judge is really not nice because he doesn't like that my cousin Vinny was wearing, for example, a uh, made of leather suit. He wanted him in a, jack, in a jacket and a tie. It's so formal. So, you know, he's being a bit of discriminating against my cousin Vinny, but it's also because he said, I don't think that you're going to have special treatment because you're an out-of-the-state lawyer. You're going to have to learn all of this. In, the, in, the, in all of the backstory for anybody who doesn't know, he's an inexperienced lawyer. It took him, I forget how many times before the bar passed him. So he's not good at his job either yet. It's his first actual 
trial, okay? <laughs> so the guy is lost completely. It's hilarious if you haven't seen it. It's funny. <clears throat> so he's uh, asking the man about grits. The man begins to get nervous because he's lying. He, but he, it's not that he's lying on purpose. He's just frazzled. So he said he's been you know, called as a witness. He, he's testifying. My cousin Vinny says, okay, so were those instant grits? And he says, no respectful Southerner would make instant grits. And you see all of the Southern, because they're in the South, and they're all like, yep, no, none of us would use instant grits. That's like a, it's kind of like ask an Italian if they're going to use instant pasta. I did it once. I felt right here, my Italian heritage from the South, and I'm not even a good cook. But the part about pasta or coffee, if it comes out crappy, and, well, anything I do, I really don't appreciate to make it crappy, but particularly pasta. It's like a shame. It's like a, I feel ashamed as the Neapolitan part of me is here. It's like, oh, shit. You know, I have to represent my heritage. So, And it's in a funny way, though, not in a, oh, I'm so bad, bad Maria, bad Maria. And this needs to be distinguished because, see, the three-year-old with the whole heart has a laugh about it. We don't have the, we feel broken about it. The people who feel broken about something are the ones who project. So when 4D, for example, talks about twin flames, controlling them, not controlling them, and they've created this entire saga, this is a projection of your attachment system's longing to be seen, to be soothed. It's not that that's not going to have to be a part of your journey, but there's a difference when you securely attach to your own self and become emotionally and mentally independent. And so you don't long in the body of you because your window of welcome of emotions and being emotionally independent and mentally independent grows as you have your relationships. It's not because of yoga. It's not because of mindfulness. It's not because of sitting and only journaling. It's because in your relationships, the biggest opportunity for any person who has ever had a broken heart is to be offered another relationship. And not an any of an intimate relationship. That's the minute that you get a choice point. The people who have chosen fear, their choice point is love. They haven't chosen fear consciously. The people who have attachment wounds and unresolved trauma or just childhood trauma or something about the brokenness, this is their 18-month-old. This is your three-year-old. You didn't consciously choose to feel this, I long to be seen, meaning that it's a feeling that is part of our mammalian heritage, and then you becoming the grown-up and aware of it and disengaging from stereotypes and storyland is what's going to help you to build the independence here. So when I've met my twin flames, it is not you have to be with me forever. That's a bullshit statement, not to mention it's an untrue statement. Forever, one would mean for eternity, Two, it's a bullshit statement because they're part of me and I'm a part of them because we're one big ball of energy. So they're never separate. That's why it's a bullshit statement. And you don't need to surrender to fucking shit. In fact, actually, you know what the humorous part is? When it comes to twin flames, a 5D mystic is going to be like, why would I want to be with myself? This is the most boring thing ever. I want to be with different people. <laughs> I want to meet new people. I don't want to be in a relationship with my... I already know myself. Why would I want a relationship with my own self? That's where solo poly secure is already in place in the first place for any person who's their emotional grown up. Because I know what makes me happy, me Maria. I know what makes me sad. And guess what? I'm not going to take something or someone that makes me feel uncomfortable to be myself. That's actually quite 
the opposite of what love is. <laughs> love is I get to be the quirky ass self I am. So when I don't cook pasta well, I'll be ashamed of it. You are going to make me feel better about it. Otherwise, you're probably going to get a minus one on my book of, oh, they're not, not supportive when you're feeling low. Okay, let me keep that one in mind. You're not good for me then because you ain't supporting me to feel lighter. You just pushed me a little bit down, which makes me also think you're not in a healthy self-worth of your own. If you were, then you'd easily say, hey, it's okay. But you know what? You're right. It's a piece of shit. <laughs> and so there's a way that people who have healthy self-worth tease each other. That's the part of your shit, your shit. There's also a way that a person who knows themselves knows when, oh, my ego is bruised. Like a teenager, Maria, like, oh, I worked to get out of sensitivity. Why would I stay sensitive? I also worked on realizing that some people, they don't mean well at all. And I don't actually apply myself. So the twin flames, they're all awesome, all in different ways. We've contributed, or I know they contributed, but guess who did the emotional work? <laughs> yes, we all do our own emotional work because it's your attachment system, not theirs. They have their own attachment system. So you can be one big ball of energy. You're in different bodies. <laughs> this is the part. <laughs> so if you forgot your body, <laughs> there you go. Okay, back to my cousin Vinny. Um as he begins to say, okay, so those were instant grits. No good, no, no, Southern. Okay, so he said, so uh, did you buy your beans from Jack the Beanstalk or something like that? Because he says, so if it took the, it takes the grit eating world population 15 minutes to cook grits. So it took you 15, 20 minutes. And he's like, I don't know, maybe I'm a fast cook. <laughs> and that's when my cousin Vinny's like, excuse me because he was he was moving down further down he's like excuse me did you say you're a fast cook and the guy's like yeah or, or i don't know if he answers him but then he's like are we to believe that grits cook faster on the stove on your stove than on any other person's stove and he's talking now about do the laws of physics cease to exist on your stove or maybe you bought your beans from the jack jack's whatever his name is right bean jack bean and it's a fairy tale I forget the name of this dude. The beanstalk from... Anyways, you all might know the fairy tale. Jack and the beanstalk. <laughs> so he's getting all excited because he's found a loop, a loophole, or he's found, you know, up, oh, there you go. It took you 15 minutes, not a second. So you don't know what you saw. You, you were sitting there for 15 minutes cooking. But you see the person being questioned, getting nervous. And my cousin Vinny is now just all into that you know and the judge who doesn't like him in the first place is like okay that's enough that's enough so while when the other lawyer is having a good day a good moment the judge lets him do away with the witness with my cousin Vinny he stops him but here's where if you want to know the end of the story I am going to actually share it so if you don't want to know the end of the story fast forward like five minutes or something <laughs> but um, obviously the kids they're innocent so they get taken off and my cousin Vinny, from that moment forth, he's getting better and better at figuring out how to ask the witnesses questions. And if we actually want to bring us back to 5D mystics and the difference between 4D, 5D, and just a secure attachment person versus a person who doesn't have their emotional body in their awareness is that a secure attachment person will know how to say, yeah, I'm emotional. And they will also know how to say, this is why. And they will also know how to talk about it. 
And they will also know how to say, I'm sorry if your feelings are hurt. But they will also know how to say, yeah, well, I'm not going to probably change who I am. So there you go. I don't know what to tell you. And they also won't feel bad for having reactiveness and moods. A grown-up that has healthy self-worth does not get in their pissy pants about having different types of emotions throughout relationships. We don't actually accuse each other because of having misalignment or lying or cheating or betraying. These words don't mean anything in the book of a securely attached person who's a 5D mystic, I'll add that, in the Enlightenment Soul Age Group. I'll add that because mysticism is what has us have a relationship with our sphere of consciousness and our oversoul. And that's where I'm going to share that because if you meet a person who's just scientific, they're going to probably have a different opinion. But if they do explore consciousness and the mental health stuff, they will probably have a similar opinion. And so they won't be a mystic per se, but they'll be a somatic empath. Someone like Stephen Porges, Peter Levine, Bezel van der Kolk, Ruth Lanius, all of the ones that I learned from who understand trauma is not a choice. Unresolved trauma is not a choice. Having the past come with you is not a choice. Having been in an environment where you had a person and or people who gaslit you, manipulated you, so codependent type is not a choice. None of these are choices. Having an 18-month-old that doesn't get the brain development stimuli that is needed so that they may have vitality and pleasure in relationships, those are not choices. But what is a choice as you grow up, is how you choose to wield your brain. So the minute you start storytelling, the minute you start hurting each other, and the minute that you start having interactions with people, and that's a choice. And that's a free will choice. Even though it's not free will. Because like I said, there's a body behind the brain. And the brain didn't decide the person to say, let me take a look at my body that's numbing and hurting and me doing shit that isn't healthy or good for me and then fucking drugging, whatever the fuck it is. I don't even give a shit because see, while people who want to talk to me about devil and evil and the whole temptation, 4D included with their stories, I'm thinking this is a human being who has a tortured body and they could get mental health professionals that can help them. And on that note, you know, we're going to close with this. If one of the lovely human beings were still alive to this day, and I think of them sometimes, oh, would they have an earful? There's only two people who I give myself the right to bust the balls of, and this is one of them. And I would have been all over that phone. Hey, guess what I found out today? You want to hear about my schoolwork? I have a lot of schoolwork to tell you. And so long story short, it's a very, very sad day, always, for a 5D mystic that is able to say, wow, so many people love hangover or mean girls and think that the devil exists because they have an excuse for why they have instead the compulsive behaviors of drugs and alcohol and sex and food and procrastination and everything that basically is numbing their own self to themselves because they don't want to look at their attachment category. Hmm. They don't want to look at their two-year-old, their implicit memory. They're terrified. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's the first emotion that would arise is terror. Terror in their bones, not even a little bit. So I take steps back as a securely attached three-year-old, healthy whole body here. Healthy meaning I have always the very specific ventral vagal state engaged. And the one emotion that is my most unpleasant one is the one of fear. To this day... As I've shared more than once, the panic attacks are the quote-unquote worst 
part of all of this ascension journey if you ask a 5d mystic in the enlightenment soul age group what i will also say is i will take my story and keep it like near and dear to my heart again and again oh you give me all the lifetime i'm not changing one bit of any of it i don't even give a shit about anything i'm just no i'm not switching <laughs> this is what happens when you're a person who understands your story in a way of loving humanity and life and being here to support each other by the way this is a securely attached i'm imperfect i'm good with my imperfections i'll take my flaws i'll take all of it i like who i am and every age has its meaning. I'm not changed while the therapists want to say, you change. No, no, I, my brain evolved. No, it developed. It stopped. No, it's continuing to develop. So anyways, uh, joking here. Our relationships are fun because people who love each other, they will not cancel each other because of sharing feelings and thoughts. You can't lose a true connection in any way, shape or form ever. And when it comes to us being a big ball of energy, the 5D mystics, we don't spend time in our sphere. So somebody can be in our energy space. Of course, we're going to know that's it. Our actual life is lived with the people who choose to talk to us, to hug us, to come and be and have fun and laugh with us, who care about every 24 hours what we're doing because they want. So... It's very straightforward. Anybody who doesn't let you talk about feelings and thoughts, they don't want a relationship with you. And anybody who doesn't talk about the depths of their selves with you doesn't have maybe a depth with themselves, but maybe they just don't want to talk about it with you. It doesn't have to be twin flame flames or soulmates. It's a very straightforward deal. If a person lacks the interest of building a connection with another, the minute that you give me weather talk, it's weather talk. That doesn't not mean anything to me except for we might see each other, we might not. But 5D mystic and a securely attached person, we create what we have meaningful relationships for is because they're amazing because we have the, an in-depth relationship with our own emotional body. So we're okay with quirky again. And we're okay with people teasing. And when people don't know how to be nice, we know how to see ourselves, soothe ourselves, and be there for our own attachment system. That's all. Because it's an attachment system. Again, it's very straightforward. It's not a genius thing. It's a brain thing. It's a brain thing in your body. And it's called you. And you can wield your lovely little brain left and right, left and right. So for those of us who have had it easy, I will use that word. Yes, I will use it every single one of the days. And you know what? People get really pissed. It's sad to see that people would want me to be miserable when I have those feelings of people who are like, wow, I feel disgusted right now by your quirkiness. And it's like, wow, I feel sad that you have hell in your body and you did not find a good therapist to get out of it. But no, I won't actually ever think that. I just spoke it now, but I don't think when somebody's actually trying to make it, what? No, they're not doing anything. The minute I'm interacting with a person and I perceive that they're disgusted by my cuteness, I'm like, wow. That's so sad. I will leave now so you don't have to be disgusted. And I'm going to go have fun with the people who enjoy the three-year-old hearts that they have. So we can have three-year-old heart fun as grown-ups because that's a tango. We're going to have fun about our, our stuff. And we're going to be saying, you're a shit. No, you're a shit. No, you, fuck you. And that's what we care about. We don't care about the ones who don't want to move into their heaven in their body. They have therapists that can help them. 
we're not their therapist. If we're in relationships with you, it's because we want to create connections. We also don't do, some people, they do the whole, um, that's not even for today. <laughs> so whenever we deal with projection, we don't baby people. As Terry Real, I'm going to close with him. As Terry Real points out, and again, I'm a solo poly Amory person. So I love all poly secure. Some are romantic, some are platonic, some are intimate, some are not. We won't know. Will you? Nope, you won't know my shit unless I get, nope, I'll plead the fifth. <laughs> I'll be like, everybody, I am not telling you anything. You just remember. <laughs> okay, so on a side note, actually, um, for my 5D mystics, our energy sphere is very important because people who are not in their pure consciousness yet, they don't have everything resolved. Keep that one in mind. So their trauma memory, it's not about um, anything except for remembering that trauma memory is something that is. And that when you are physically, even just in the vicinity of people without touching them. So when I have some of my oversoul friends they actually aren't healed in their attachment wounds or their unresolved trauma, okay? So they have trauma memory, they have childhood trauma, they have uh, between disconnected, we have preoccupied, and we have fearful avoidant, okay? So before I let you go, when they're sad, my heart feels it, my physical human being heart. I know from the energetic imprint who it is. I have learned in the years how to simply put distance that and it's not distancing them by cutting them off. That's the meanest thing anybody could ever say and do. No, it is, as Daniel Siegel presented, differentiation. I say, wait a minute, this isn't my nervous system. This isn't my heart. This isn't me. This is that. Okay, well, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But it doesn't matter. I'm going to differentiate. I'm feeling good. I'm happy. I'm good. This is what I'm doing right now. So differentiation is an actual practice of you being aware, here are my thoughts, here are my feelings, here's my nervous system, I'm actually great in my ventral vagal, this is not something that is mine, if you're a mystic, you know what I'm talking about, because you will recognize the energetic imprint, it's like a perfume, so like I said, during shifts, during many different high moments, I will have my oversoul come into my space, I just know how to easily differentiate and Daniel Siegel has helped me to learn how to do it even more. And in fact, when I'm in person with people, it's even more important than when I'm picking up on my oversoul. I'm used to the oversoul. I'm used to the energy sphere and people being in it and just allowing myself to, I don't even notice them almost anymore. In fact, some have to come in my dream state because otherwise I'm so... Um, when people repeat their patterns and they don't want to grow up because they don't allow themselves to love their three-year-old and heal their heart like this part right here we will pick up on all of their repeat patterns so it was in a series of i think between three years maximum that i had or two two years for sure where um, the patterns of people that i know it's at least five to ten people and i just learned thanks to their presence to differentiate and now as a person who has interpersonal neurobiology material i know how to do it in person as well and it works very very well again as for the physical stuff what i was trying to get to it is important for a mystic because that creates further bonding 
but obviously it is indifferent if it's a twin flame or flames meaning yeah if it's a twin flame it doesn't matter whether you've been with somebody that's your twin flame or not you'll know if you're a 5d mystic if you're a person who is not a mystic in any way shape or form it's fine you don't need to really be concerned with this part of the episode because the reality is when it comes to being physical with somebody you will more likely than not have a very practical way furthermore if you're not a mystic that means you have a predominant relationship with your left brain mode not left and right together so your body is not something you are super necessarily it's not even the body it's a sphere of energy but you're just less in a relationship with this area i would say that you probably can grow it but that's just a hunch it's not actual putting into practice i have yet to meet people that are not mystics and that know about their oversoul the way that i described before okay so that's all for you it would just be a relationship it's more of oh i met a person that has uh, attachment wounds or i met a person who has childhood trauma and and so maybe because of having a type of empathy you'd be able to relate to it oh i'm you know regulating with their nervous system i pick up their nervous system so i could describe it to you more in the way daniel siegel does because when we are present near each other since we do self-regulate but we co-regulate if i'm around you and you have a nervous system that's upset i'm going to pick it up and you're going to pick me up but moving into a state of compassion is where you differentiate saying okay wait a minute hey, are you okay? Because I was feeling this upset thing, you know, and that's where you check in with them. Once they say yes, that's okay. If they say no, that's okay. And, and that's pretty much done. At the same time, if you are, again, growing your ability to be a somatic empath with your loved ones, then you're going to probably differentiate or perceive something. And that's up to you to bring to your ventral vagal state. And I'll do more explaining of this in the future. Plus, our masterclass will have aspects that we look to for our nervous system. But at the end of the day, when it comes to picking people up, we don't push them away from our sphere. We allow ourselves to differentiate. We allow ourselves to bring love. And we allow ourselves to know that all people are human babies, first of all. Everything else is a bonus to talk about and to... Uh, be able and exchange securely attached people talk about feelings they talk about thoughts they talk about mysticism they talk about sciences they talk about religion but not in a way of we believe in it as a truth no we know that there's a lot of different subject matters and we know that every one of us has had a journey and we have subjective experiences so we share our points of view together that's what we do and nobody goes spelling out to anybody else how they should think or feel fact we don't do the dictionary police that's one of the things the grown-ups we don't say you have to say it this way if we are confused we say what do you mean do you mean it this way do you mean it that way are you trying to you know we'll ask questions and securely attached people or people who are on a healing journey will know how to say yeah you know what actually this this part right here gets me really going (laughs) or so like if you let's say it's a very important topic it's like you know what this one gets me really nervous And I get really anxious every time, you know, and then you keep talking. So at the end of the day, when you are able to be a grown-up, it's not because you don't have in-depth emotions. It's because you have in-depth emotions. You just know how to easily talk about it with each other. 
and that's with all whether it be again for my solo poly secure community or polyamory overall community or the monogamous community you don't go accusing somebody of anything you work with your attachment system you work with them there are ways we process emotions of course when there's misalignment so if you have lied let's say or if you have behaved in specific ways in time you'll be able to show me other ways and it's by acknowledging each other and each other's thoughts and emotions and we'll close out it's by being in that relational integrity so we spell out the data what happened we spell out our stories our different subjective stories so what we interpret then we spell out our feelings our specific ways of feelings then we spell out our behavior and what we would like to see or what we think can happen and then we let it go and we've done our part so i'll use one example my lovely divine masculine friend and i is who i'm going to use because we have lovely intellectual exchanges but we are different in how we come at our conversation and so they remind me sometimes and i have to try and remind myself because i don't but they remind me that when they're in a conversation that what i'm sharing with them they take it as a potential that could dismantle something they believe in because they're very big on them believing in something and when i say i don't believe in something they say well you have an opinion i say yes but it's very malleable and flexible and i explain myself so that's why i have the ability to share with them because they're still curious but they say but remember for me it's a little bit more fixed so whenever you come with something towards me i am sharing with you to remember that which is why they get more passionate about something and then they get a little bit more into it and i forget that's why i said i forget it so i tend to forget that my friend has this approach and in time though because we care and we know that we have well intentions and we have fun and we have interest we just allow ourselves to tango that way and we slowly just find a way to be good with each other and i find a way to try to remember he finds a way to try to remember and really what happens is when he's not in a mood he's like okay i'm not in a mood for you and that's pretty much how it happens or if i kind of pick up that he's in a mood i'm like oh wait i'm gonna leave you alone <laughs> if i'm good at picking that one up and sometimes i can and sometimes i can't and it always though works out in fact in time we've learned to dance our dance together because we both are open-minded objective about our subjective experiences and observant about each other but not in a way of studying like little science people who say ah you're going to be my subject of study no that's that's very objectifying and and awful so we don't study each other and by the way i don't go studying my friends no matter how much attachment stuff or trauma when i come here and share stories it's different when i'm interacting with people i'm with them i'm not doing let me figure you out that's actually for people who live there unfortunately mid section of the brain so they're in their survival threat mode and they don't trust each other they don't trust their relationships so they are living survival mode they think they know everything because they got clairs that's 4d for you but they're actually jumping the gun they're observant in a way of the type of brain that has this they think they're omnipotent and omni-knowing they also don't handle gray areas well so they are and they're usually already trying to figure out what you're going to say how you're going to answer everything you're going to do so they're calculating shit the minute that obviously they're not going to be met because they're not going to meet a 5d mystic enlightenment soul age group that matches whatever they've 
used in their brain because they're using stereotypes and generalizations. They're not thinking anything. They're a pattern. They're, they're a computer with the way that they're handling it because their survival mode is very specific. It's using their past. They're in the present moment. They're, they don't know what they're doing. And they're with a person because when you have a securely attached, again, functional adult in the Enlightenment Soul Age of Mystic, you don't have a person who's stagnating anywhere. We are consistently expanding. Whatever you tell us, we might think, we might not. We don't know. We're, we're the unknown. That, that, the part is that we're in the gray. We're in the rainbow. And that's what throws people who have this type of way that they work with their brain. So the minute that they don't figure out the right way, their brain is, is out of it. They're already thinking of strategy. They're strategizing how to get back on board. You know what's sad about this is that this is an 18-month-old brain that grew up in an environment that wasn't safe. That's the sad part. It's not a computer. It's a human being who has a default mode network that's so up and at it. And the people with clears, they make their life even worse because they think that they have vision. So it ends with basically a person thinking that it's about power struggle because they're going to, again, the adaptive child doesn't feel safe. They're trying to maintain control. They feel in their body already terrified. They're so out of whack that they don't even know what's going on. But because they're so used to being in sympathetic, the hypervigilance, they think it's normal, and what they don't realize is the minute that they start vilifying is the minute that their anger has made their way versus going into their own body because shame will have come up, guilt will have come up. The fact that they didn't meet, terror is coming up. In the minute that they are not able to handle the situation, mommy, daddy is getting scary. Sister, brother is getting scary. Something's getting scary in my house because I didn't do the ability to take care of you or make it better or whatever it is. So this is what's sad is that this modality of a brain is, by the way, a fearful avoidant type. And we can include, if you want, disconnected and uh, preoccupied because they all three are attachment insecurities. They're the styles, though. But the mind and the way it works when, when they get gray is that they're out of it. Now they're like fucking, oh, shit. But it's not a human being who's an adult. They're just terrified in their body. Their three-year-old is not knowing what to do next. It's unfortunate that people don't find, like I always share, um, people like Terry Real or people like Basil Vanderkolk or people like um, Patrick Tiahan. It's sad that people don't realize that that is not the way you create relationships. Like when people have said, oh, I study people, really. They're not a scientific experiment. Why aren't you living people? When I see 4D readers who talk about not trusting people, I'm like, wow, you're not working on your mammalian heritage at all. You don't even know half of how it will be to be yourself. You're talking, yeah. You're a teenager who's basically rigid in your body and don't know love because you're in survival mode. You can't know it until you're consistently in the love and ventral vagal state so okay before we go there is one common denominator i'm going to share with all of you so if you're a securely attached person and you're a 5d functional adult so that means you use your left and right mode you know your emotions like the back of your hand you love life okay this is very specific so you love being a person you know humans aren't broken none of that okay you love people and you understand with compassion and tenderness and kindness and softness when people do do the let me hurt you on purpose, it is a process to be able and accept. That one is one of the things I wanted to share. We don't just say, oh, yeah, great job. You didn't know. 
no, 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 no. You made a very conscious choice and or more to consistently do something with your own human being brain and your own human being body and it doesn't even matter what part of my oversoul you are, you chose how to treat me. And you are a person who, if you're going to be securely attached, you're going to grow accountability. Otherwise, you're not as securely attached. You're still the adaptive child. You're still in the low self-esteem boat and you're still actually a human being who doesn't know how to directly communicate. So you're not in any way, shape, or form, able to tangle. We don't do the middle ground. We do, you know, how to love, and that's great, because we'll know it. Because your three-year-old heart will be there with you, and you'll be there as a person who will talk, and be funny, and sad, and all of it, and take accountability. But um, the part about processing, because I've been meaning to share this one, those of you who are the soft, compassionate bunch, I'm trying to share it in a very unique way, Terry Real. He talks about when we be relational integrity with each other and in mindful relationships, okay? So that means you get to be your adult. And he talks about if there's a specific emotion that you typically use to try and use the opposite one. There's not going to be any need for any of you to use any opposite one. There's just going to be the need for you to notice at the level of your heart. So when we have people who intentionally come and hurt our feelings, one, we know that we can't make the statement of intentional in our human being brains, one. And two, we know that we are bothered, though, by something. And therefore, we will tend to it. And that means we will do whatever it is we can do to tend to it. It also means we don't hide it. And so if somebody is presenting themselves to me and they have caused, with or without intention, hurt, I will present. I'm uncomfortable. And I'm uncomfortable for a variety of reasons. And that's where the words can change in time because we learn about trauma-informed attachment wounds, all that stuff. But really the data as they're real, the data, here's the data, here's my data points, here's my story, no, I don't even need a story, here's my data points, here's my feelings, and here's how I feel still, and I have no idea whatsoever what to tell you about anything else, because when there's a consistent series of events that take place when people do what they do, so in some cases, you just learn the pattern and you just, that's it. You learn that when you're in specific situations, those people get to do that stuff. These are the people though that we're not talking about. I'm saying if somebody comes to you with a specific conversation type that they admit or they talk about hurt that has happened, these are the things I was talking about. And so the ones who study people, they're just doing, I'm going to study people, I don't trust anyone. That's not a relationship period, and 4D does that. They live a very unfortunate uh, pain-in-the-ass life, might I add. I don't even know why they bothered. It's like when my teenage boyfriend came back from the first cheating incident. I'm like, don't think I'm going to be checking in on you. Nothing's changed here. I love you the same. You did whatever. You made a choice. <laughs> Keep moving forward. We chose to stay together. That's it. Uh, the part about if, though, you treat me a certain way, that's different. If I tell you how I feel and you ignore it, then I'm going to actually have a recalibration that is going to be very obvious to me and then that it will be obvious to another. So that one, for example, you can't actually 
keep to yourself if you're interacting with each other. People know each other, so they can know. They will tell. They'll be able to tell that you're upset or whatever. Um, but that's the part of why time is the only thing that can heal. In the case of relationships that have had a certain, a certain amount of splinters and ruptures, there's only conversations from the heart, and then the only thing is consistency in time. So that's where it's not about proving. Nobody proves this is a bullshit statement. When people, oh, you have to prove yourself, that means you think you're superior to somebody. It's nice or fair, I would say, to say, because of there being a specific number of situations, this is how I feel, and I don't know how I, I can feel differently, and whatever, it all depends. I'm trying to think of a way to express the concept. Terry Real, I already used Patrick Tiahan, as he says, when people move out of being from childhood trauma into healed, and then they are in relationships and they're projecting, or they feel stuff come up, it's up to us to know where and how we were broken, quote-unquote. And so when it comes to two people, if there's been brokenness, then it's what it is. You can only allow the healing to take place as intimacy rebuilds, but it is a process and it doesn't equate going back to before because once a vase has certain cracks in it, that's the part. The story has the cracks. So the story is the story of two people. It doesn't mean that it's a uh, story that doesn't expand. No, I have my friend, remember the one that I didn't talk to for five years, for example. Perfect story to use. We grew closer than ever once we came back together and we established a pattern and that's it. So there's that. Obviously, building a life with somebody is a very different story, meaning that to build something tangible means you will want to be able to trust that they're not going to ditch and disappear and that's what doesn't have certainty in any way shape or form so that's another set of conversations but they're still very easily spoken of with love and respect when you have securely attached people so that's the part of why we don't cancel people we don't need to erase we don't need to create cutting cords and none of that stuff we have conversations from the heart with the heart with the mouths and with the brains no insulting and that's about it I hope you have a wonderful day. If you have any questions, let me know. Be back again soon.